everybody and welcome back to another edition of the pod cast this is your favorite podcast about new metal this is episode number 36 the alien ant farm episode we finally did it they finally won a poll it just took going viral to push them over the line and we are finally going to talk about their seminal classic anthology i'm john cullen and with me is a man who has the strength and the balls it's brian quinby yeah i mean i do have balls you're not supposed to brag about those now you know what i mean you're but, not supposed uh, to brag about having balls that's not true actually i have massive fucking my balls are so big but my, <laughs> i got a little chode penis just so. a little tiny dinker but i'm 99 balls and that's what makes guys tough you know that's true that's why that's because you have the strength and you have you also have those balls yeah i i guess that that i don't want to be like a comedian right now but i guess that be a comedian no i don't i guess that balls (laughs) thing is is just like because you can make kids because i always found that i wish my balls were like smaller you know what I mean? I wish I had right. like, the smallest balls ever made. <laughs> I got really tight balls. So they just kind of anyone who listens to Blocked Party knows this, but mine are they're very uh they're very tight. They're always sort of like sucked right up there. Mine are all over the fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> fucking sometimes though it's like, oh, they're you know, they're like a cute little sucked up in there but then other times it's like fuck man it's, i think these are gonna fall out of the bottom of my shorts that's why i'm always yelling about short lengths were you were you always like that or is this a more of a later age phenomenon i don't know uh, here's the thing about my dick when i was younger i just didn't want to know anything about it i just talked about this on street what Fight. a way to start a sentence here's the thing about my dick when i was younger <laughs> I just talked about this on Street Fight, but I have like a fucking fear of my biology. Period. I just don't like having a body at all. And balls sure. are like, uh, you know, I have like these like nasty anxiety about when I hear a heartbeat, even if it's in like a movie or a TV show. I'm like, oh, and I don't like get my blood pressure taken. I I don't like when somebody says the word lungs. Uh, I just don't like hearing about bodies at all, you know? So it's like, as far as my balls go, they're like internal organs. So I'm basically okay with everything on this side that you can see, but none of the stuff on the inside is okay to me. And your balls are the closest things to being like what's inside being right. outside. It's kind of like an inside. Yeah, like <laughs> they're sort of any out. They're like any outies, like those belly buttons that are kind of both. Yeah. <laughs> the balls yeah. are the any outies of your organs. Yeah, that's, that's like there. It's like I hate that I've been doing this for years because there used to be this thing in America 
in the U.S. I don't, I don't, in Columbus. I don't even, I can't even say if it's in the U.S., but like you would get your phone book and you would open it up and there would be all these like goofy lines you could call, right? So you would call one main number and then type in an extension and it would take you to the joke of the day, the news of the day, the fucking uh, horoscope. And all that and was stuff. This, and was used, this free or was this like it's a, free? Yeah, okay, yeah. There's no sex stuff on it, which no, I know. That but sometimes there were those sort of like hotline things, or it was like, oh, if you want to call in for a, yeah, a funny joke to tell your coworkers or whatever, then you you know it was like forty nine cents a minute or whatever. So I would call this, and every time I called it, there'd be like a little public service announcement, and they'd be like, hey check your fucking balls to see if you have cancer. <laughs> that's not how they yeah. said it. I mean, that's how I, if it was, if I right. did a public service, I'd just be like, check your fucking balls to see if there's cancer in them. So I yeah. have to do, I do that still to this day, just checking. I wouldn't even know what to do, but I, I, I get it. And uh, that's the worst time of any time of my life of your just, of your like day or week or whatever, whenever you month, get down there, year, check six out. months, I don't check six constantly. Months. But it's like, How do you know, time- it's been six months. You just kind of feel you're just sort of like, ah, it's been a while since I really got in there. It's been a while since I checked to see if I have cancer on my balls. It's and been a I'll while. Be like, I guarantee you tomorrow I'm going to be feeling my balls up in the shower. That It's going to be tomorrow. Just because we, we talked about it. Yeah. 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 That's what that so, should be our uh, that should be our equivalent. Like, because you know how sometimes people say, like, if someone says it's been, then they do the like bare naked ladies like hey it's been you know we ours has to it should be anytime anyone says it's been a while the other guy should be like it's been a while um yeah just, you know that you know, does we don't have one of those kind of like thing you know little sort of jokey <gasps> phrases we do and we're a music so maybe, podcast and we're a music pod so we got we should have that i i should say i didn't mean to first of all i didn't know this about your sort of i didn't know that you had like a a, a body block or however you want to phrase it but I also uh, didn't really know that just kind of using that alien ant farm lyric right off the top would sort of get us into this detailed discussion of our balls. I promise I wasn't going for it. I just uh, mm. that song always makes me laugh because that entire chorus is really stupid. Because right before that is when he does the like, don't be lapu. Um, and I think he's saying low, I guess, uh, but is, is saying it like no, no person has really ever said it before. And it doesn't really rhyme with anything. He's not changing the pronunciation to make it rhyme. So it's confusing. Um, yeah, just a confusing. And then, and then, yeah, and then the chorus is literally just like, you got the strength and the boss. And it's like, Ugh. okay, what does that, what does that mean? What are we talking about? You know, that, that song, I mean, the John. lyrics really. John. Do, yeah, bro. You don't have to fucking act like we didn't plan the balls talk. before we started doing the podcast we did we talked i was like hey john you know i got all this stuff going on like thinking about i just wrote i just wrote five minutes on my balls can you yeah can we get in there yeah it's like i'm jimmy kimmel and and that's your sort of story of the week that you want me to i'm afraid of my balls yeah can you tee what what's been going on what story do you want to talk about to plug your new wrestling podcast on this pod this week and that it's like I don't know my balls I guess and then I'm just like scouring the alien ant farm album for a mention of balls and then I'm like oh hell yeah there's like a whole song where he says the word balls like nine times oh we don't have to hold on to that for next month now 
you know, because we would have been like, yeah, if if it wouldn't have come out today, it would have come out next month because we write down all of our ideas and all of them. And then we just fucking are like, it's a flow chart, really. Yeah. Like this whole like, thing is scripted. This whole we we really we script every second of the POD cast. I know it feels a little loose, but um that's because we're such good actors. <laughs> we managed to keep it sounding loose. There is a TV show on stars called Heels. And oh yes, I'm familiar. Supposed to be about it's about pro wrestling. And the very first scene in the show is the guy typing on like a computer on a laptop and you're seeing what he's typing and he's writing the wrestling match. Like he writes like choke slam, <laughs> uh, Irish whip. Right. I fucking saw that. And first of all, I couldn't watch the show anymore. Like I was just like, I don't, I don't need to watch that, but I did. That's what it reminds me of is like a guy making a TV show about wrestling and being like, yeah, you know, the whole thing's scripted. Like literally all of the moves they do are written down on a script and they have to do those moves. They got to do it. They got to do it. (laughs) It's just so funny to like, not like to not even take the time to think of the most like fascinating thing about the thing you're writing about. If that makes like the most fascinating thing about wrestling is that like people that don't even speak the same language get in the ring and haven't talked and have a match. And that's fucking incredible. But they take all of the magic out when they write this. Right. They they got to write the script. And then he was he was running it through Google Translate because he was going to wrestle a luchador that night. Oh, is he even going to understand what I mean when I say power bomb or what's power bomb in Spanish? I don't yeah. understand. This is crazy. But it would it then when I see that it's like, "Oh man, we're like 10 years away." And and, and it's funny cuz I just saw a movie like this, but like there's going to be movies where guys write whole podcasts. Like they write Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. we're way less than 10 years away from that. Yeah. Well, I just saw Vengeance, which is oh, a movie nice. by BJ Novak about he, podcasting. Uh, yeah, and kind of. I just I don't I I don't think I ever want to see another movie about podcasting <laughs> at this point. But people life. are saying that's good, though. You didn't like it. The, yeah, if you're not a podcaster, I'm sure it fucking and I mean parts of it are really good. I thought Ashton Kutcher was really good in it and like yeah. the it yeah, there's good stuff in it, but it's just that little fucking nagging thing in your head when when like a guy acts kind of like a tortured podcast artist and you're just right. like, "Oh, Jesus Christ, that's not that's oh, not a thing. Man. That doesn't really exist." I, I know, mean, because the thing is, if a tortured podcast artist did exist, that might be you, right? You, you might be in that category. I'm relatively tortured a little bit. This, the thing about the movie that was so realistic is it opens up in Brooklyn, New York, and there's two guys standing at a party just riffing with each other, not like on the podcast or anything. It's just two guys riffing. And I was just like, okay, that's. I mean, that is what it's like to be around a bunch of podcasters. 
or comedians too like bj i think was a stand-up at some point too like it's just yeah they're definitely like i've always been in my in my comedy life um i've been way more uh attracted to the comedians that aren't like that because i just Mm -hmm. i'm not like that i can't i can't just run bits constantly and the people who do that all the time it's it's as tiring as it seems like, like it just, when you get caught in those situations and the problem is when you are also a comedian, other comedians kind of think that that's like what you want or like that you're the type of audience for that, that they're like, yeah, yeah. John is a, he's a comedian. So he'll want to kind of riff with me. And I'm like, nah, man, just like tell me about your day or whatever. I don't need to fucking, we don't need to be doing some kind of fake talk show thing right now. i remember i did a show one time with two other guys was like on the road and they started just like doing a talk like an improvised talk show because they were joking around about talk shows and then one guy was like oh now i'm hosting this talk show and then they pretended to be like a talk show host and guest for like Mm -hmm. five minutes and i'm the only other person in the room so i guess it's just for the audience of me and i was like oh my god stop stop this madness please i remember one of the last few times I, I I wouldn't say the last I don't know when this fell and the time I was doing stand up a lot but like <laughs> I remember sitting at a fucking bar waiting to go up in the other room you know where mm-hmm. regular people are hanging out during a fucking open mic night because they don't want to be involved with the open mic night um, I was kind of hanging out and sitting at a table across from this table of like six comedians, uh, doing like Mr. Belvedere sat on his balls references. Oh my God. And then like, I think of right after that, I went and saw a guy who brought a bunch of his friends to the open mic and then just told street jokes and oh. fucking slayed slayed. Of slayed. course. so much he did so much better than i did and i was just like i don't want to do this i don't think this is the job for me (laughs) because every time it was just like fuck fuck the guy that came in named spike and we're talking about columbus ohio there's nobody's you're not in danger of being discovered in columbus ohio yeah yeah yeah. just people doing it for themselves you know what i mean but there's this guy that comes in and and he's introduced as spike and he's wearing like a Titleist hat. Sure. He's, he's wearing the like uh, uh, khakis and kind of the work shirt. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's probably a golfing shirt, but I call everything with buttons a work shirt. <laughs> I was, he comes in and he does like eating at a Japanese steakhouse from like the beginning to the end. And he's doing the, the joke is him doing the accent and it was like five minutes and i just remember being in the room and being like i can't be around these people i just this is this is more sleazy than when i was like a serious drug addict (laughs) (laughs) i had a i had a similar experience because the problem is like what a lot of um what a lot of open mics or not necessarily open mics but like amateur night type of comedy shows will do is they book a pro MC and a pro closer. Yeah. I mean, they'll call you the headliner, but you kind of are, you do like 10 or 15 minutes at the end of a bunch of people doing five minutes. And so 
the thing is that, yeah, if someone is a bringer, if they bring a lot of people to the show, the move, if you're the booker of the show, is to put them up right before the headliner because you don't want their friends to potentially be disinterested or leave or whatever. And so I had a sim- ex- very, very similar experience. This was actually in Toronto. And it was like this guy had brought out like 20 people and it was clearly like, this is on my bucket list. I'm going to I'm going to do comedy before I die. Like he was like 65, uh, definitely like a rich guy, had that like sort of rich guy energy. And then he goes up and yeah, he like crushes for his friends or whatever. And it's all yeah, street joke level stuff. So then he gets off stage and then they bring me up. I was closing the show. So they bring me up and he is like going around to every person at his table and like hugging them and and like accepting their congratulations (laughs) for like how well he crushed it. So I'm like up and they were like close to the front. So I'm like up on stage and it's just like, Oh, great job, Dave. Like you were so good. And he's like, Oh, thank you. And he's like hugging them. Then he goes to like the next person. And I'm like, I'm, I'm up here. Like I'm a professional. You're I'm closing the fucking show. Shut up. You can do this outside or after the show. And they were like, so offended. They couldn't believe, Oh, I was, I was so rude to them. It's like, you're being rude to me and everyone else in the room. What's going on here? It was, Dude, it pissed me off so bad. And it's it sucks. But then the one thing that does give you like a little glimmer of hope if you're a, a pro comedian and you see these people all the time or just like someone who does comedy regularly, you don't have to be, even be a pro. But like, you know that at some point, like maybe not that guy, it definitely felt like that guy was doing comedy once ever just to tell his friends that he did it. But like, when you see guys like that, where it's like, yeah, they just, they are doing street jokes or they're doing jokes for their friends and they crush, you know, at some point they are going to do a room where they absolutely fucking bomb their ass off. And it's just like all the, it just, you're, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm a little bit pissed off that this guy did better than me with jokes. He didn't even write or whatever, but you know, at some point, the Grim Reaper is coming for them. And that is, you're just, you hope you're on that show somehow. You're like, please, God, let me be there when this guy tanks. I will tell you, John, that I was doing, I mean, I know you think this of me now, maybe, but I, at the time I was doing some really, like really, really, really dirtbag stuff. Uh, like joke wise, like what do you like? What oh do you mean yeah. That? Just nasty shit about like stealing my daughter's cough syrup and stealing <laughs> copper wire. And, oh, you're uh, doing jokes about like being an addict. Yeah, basically okay. like okay. myself, but I'm doing stuff like, like some really, some really crazy shit. And uh, I'm up there like this girl brings her whole family and they're all golf guys and they're, they're kind of being rude through everybody's set. And she knows she's going on after me. So she's telling everybody, like, I'm going on after this guy. So they start to quiet down for me, right? And uh, I'm telling my jokes. I I couldn't even tell you. It was probably the joke I had where I said, uh, I don't smoke weed because it has dirt on it. I I only do painkillers. I it was something like that. It was like sure, something yeah. safe, like oxycontin or something. I wish I told that joke right because now it seems like I wasn't a very good 
Yeah. No, no. People, people believe you. Don't worry. You're okay. So this guy fucking starts to kind of heckle me. And I just was like, if you don't shut up, I'm going to stab you before you get to see the person <laughs> you came to see. And he fucking <laughs> shut his mouth. I just was like, fuck this, man. You know? I kind of always had in my mind that if anybody heckles me, I'm going to threaten violence on them because sure. nobody does that. <laughs> and dude. it would make me look like a badass dude, you know? That is, I mean, that is awesome. <laughs> like, that is really cool to actually, like, give them some shit. <laughs> uh, like, because I, I've never, I've seen, I, I saw uh, a famous comedian, I won't say who, um, physically remove someone from their show, and, oh. then they ended up, and then they ended up getting sued. And it was it was really fucking wild. I mean, it was I've never seen anything like it before. Um, but I ha I can't say I've really seen the the sort of like I'm gonna kill you from the stage. But I like no. that. Maybe I no. Should I don't it. think I don't think it's like a thing that it's ever, not a thing. I mean, it's 2011, right? And sure. I am like. This is right before Street Fight comes out. And that's, I mean, I, I always credit that period as the, as sort of the success of everything I did because we were going up there and telling the kind of jokes that we it would end up doing on Street Fight and stuff like that. Right. And like we were fucking eating shit every, <laughs> I mean, so I would get laughs, but even, for me, it was like when I would get laughs, it would always be like the most twisted, like because of the shit I was doing. I remember I had a guy be like, hey, man, I was outside smoking a cigarette. This fucking guy. Hey, man, uh, come on over here. And then he pulled out a light bulb to do meth. And I was like, no, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to do methamphetamine with you right now. <laughs> So I would always get picked out by the craziest person <laughs> in the room to hang yeah. out because they're like, finally, somebody's speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> this might shock you, Brian, but uh, no one has offered me meth after a show. Uh, you don't uh, have a meth look, though. Well, and, and you know what? No. I've only done meth a couple of fucking times. I am like basically a straight edge in that respect <laughs> with respect to meth i like i like that you should tell you should tell people that more often i'm basically straight edge well in regards to meth um <laughs> when it comes to meth i'm basically straight edge people I'm be like straight okay edge. well what is that what does that, that mean I'm, I'm straight edge in a few departments right sure, like sure. i yeah, just you don't never, drink i never wanted to do crack very much because I didn't like coke very, very, very much. Very much. I don't want to do yeah. crack very much. I mean, I did it, but I didn't really. <laughs> I didn't want it. I didn't want to do it. Well, it's one of those things where you're like, you want to see what it's all like, sure. you know. So it's like, ah, you know, I'll put. I talked about this the other day, but when I was a kid, I thought you only got to nut like a like a limited amount of times. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I made a deal with myself that I would only nut 100 times before I got married. And uh, needless to say, that had to keep going up because uh, <laughs> I was like, what if I want to have a kid and I jerk all my nut out? Then what am I going to do? 
have to adopt. Jer- what if I want to have a kid and I jerk all my nut out? <laughs> that sounds that sounds crude when you say it. Well, that just sounds insane. I wasn't I wasn't thinking of it like, wow, that's crude. I was thinking of it like, wow, that's what an insane person thinks. But that's what I always thought about, like heroin, right, right, coke, and just a lot of that stuff. I was always just like, you only get to do it. A certain amount of times. And since I did have my period with uh, sure. opioids, it was just like, yeah, but I want to try it. Like, you can do it a few times a year, and it's fine. You just can't do it all the time. So, right. and and the jerking off story just was because I think that way about, I think, everything. Right, I'm like about Trump. everything. It's like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm like Trump when he talks about how you can only act, you won't you lose life force when you exercise. Sure. So you only got to do it a minimal amount of times. <laughs> yeah, smart, smart, smart thinking. People are always saying that. And uh, about yeah, Trump, about Trump. Actually. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's some of the best politics. I mean, he's outside the box thinking and sure, he's a little bit crude, but uh, but overall. You know, he says what ideas. he means. Yeah, and that I love that. I love that line where they're like, "He says what he means," and I'm like, "But it's like not good." What he says, <laughs> like I, I say it what doesn't... I mean too. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why I say it. I wouldn't say it if I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to. It was like on Twitter on my uh, on my curling Twitter account. Someone said something about like, "Oh, you kind of." You like the sort of curling, you know, you like being the kind of like, because I'm kind of trying to get into curling media and I'm sort of, you know, talking about some curling gossip and stuff. And he's like, oh, you like the curling gossip thing? I was like, yeah, of course I like it. I wouldn't fucking do it. I, it's not like I'm doing it because I, I don't do it because I hate it. Like, of course. Yeah, I like it. It's the Man. same thing. It's like, I say what I mean. I mean what I say. Yeah. I, otherwise, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> it's not that I mean- difficult. I thought I didn't like gossip, right? Because, like, you know, for years, it was like I'm doing Street Fight and and the gossip is very weird a lot of times. And I just don't want to hear about other people's shit. You know what I mean? But now, but then in 2014, when I got back into wrestling, I was like, I only want to hear gossip all the time tell me every last bit of wrestling gossip so i can yeah. see it when it comes to sports you're just sports like, gossip is the best yeah why would it's incredible because they're just such dumb there are a lot of them are dumb as hell oh yeah and and like none of them like with wrestling dude none of them can keep a secret no Nobody of course not can. because they because they know how fun it is to like be the person who knows the gossip that's like the funnest possible thing. So it, everything leaks all the time because it's fun to be like, I know something you don't know. Like yeah. we never, we never get out of that from childhood. It's like that's the best. That's one of the funnest things you can do. Yeah, and and it, 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 with with when it's stuff that isn't like really affecting the world at all, it's incredibly fun to be into it. I do. Of course actually find it difficult to read like like the politics gossip i think you got to be a kind of real soulless person to be way i just, into I just that can't stuff. I, I just can't keep up i mean it's just too it's just too much stuff 
There's so many goobers. There's so many crazies being too cra- many crazies. I mean, I don't know what it's like over there. Like, are your like local politicians insane? Like, no, we ours? don't care. We don't care up here. We don't. We don't give a shit. Because uh, down here, the local people are like a thousand times more crazy than the ones that you guys. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I could some, be a I mean, local obviously. Guy. <laughs> right oh yeah yeah i mean we have some of that obviously like the ford brothers uh you know running Toronto. Oh, they well they're but they're mayor though that's kind of different but um well doug ford is the premier which is crazy um which yeah. is basically like the governor um but uh but yeah it's we don't yeah i don't know it's i th- I would say we're even more than america like the country kind of runs itself and it just a sort of doesn't really matter who's in charge like you it's like you know the thing of like biden will be tweeting and it's very much that like i think you should leave meme of like uh, we're all trying to find who did this you know like That's biden cool. will tweet like we gotta we gotta get gun control in america and it's like you're the fucking president what do you mean we need to get you know but it's it, in canada it's like even more than that it's like we have even more fail safes and stuff in place and and in the in the parliamentary system they're just the the you know the prime minister can somewhat enact change but it's very much like yeah the country just kind of runs itself so you don't really yeah like a local politician would not pardon me would not stir up that many feelings in someone and they're not yeah. usually that crazy because there just is no benefit. Like, cause I think uh, this is just me being an outsider, but I think in America you get crazy people in charge because it's felt like that's, who's going to change something. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's kind of how Trump became president, right? People are like, this guy's so fucked and he's so crazy and different than any other president before this guy might actually be able to like change some shit and yeah. so it sort of feels like that's how it is in a in on a smaller scale too it's like oh you know columbus has been shitty this guy seems kind of just fucked enough that or ohio's been shitty whatever this guy seems crazy enough if we elect him some shit might actually go down whereas like Canada is still kind of like 1960s America, where it's just like career politicians get in charge and everybody's kind of just the same. And like parties are different. Like there's different things that happen across party lines in Canada because we have more than two parties. Um, But yeah, we don't have that sort of let's elect a crazy and see what happens mentality. Hey, that's that's the frontier attitude. So (laughs) I sent you this earlier today. Speaking of politics uh one of our favorite guys is uh ready to go to war john uh trapped guy oh the trapped guy he is off twitter and i think he's ready to war facebook but he's on truth social now which is trump's gimmick that's like trump's thing right Mm-hmm. And uh, I did not get the context to this post, but the post itself kicks ass. So yep. I don't know if I even need the context, really. I no. might go looking for it later, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just hit, um, hit us with it. All right. I'm declaring war against truth, social anons, which I believe is that anonymous or anonymous people with without avatars. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Okay, so he says anons. It's obvious this is what you or want. Or does he mean like people who support Q? Is that what he's calling like 
like Anons. Oh, shit. Yes. That's probably it, dude. I thought yeah. they would just call them QAnon people. Or yeah, I think I think that's what he means. Is like I think I think that's what he's going for. Is like oh Anons, like you are the people who support Q. So he goes. It's obviously it's obvious that this is what you want, which I think is incredible. That like he thinks so highly of himself that he's like the whole QAnon movement. They want to fight me, me, the guy, from the guy from Trapped. trapped. Yeah. Uh huh. If you walk, if you talk to, if you talk to, like, how many QAnon people out of a hundred do you think even know who Trapped is? <laughs> like, like without I, hearing Headstrong, ten. Yeah, without me saying, like, have you heard Headstrong? Yeah, if like without playing like Trapped. That. Yeah, yeah. Yep. If you played the opening like didn't it, then then I'd say like ninety of the hundred would be like, oh yeah, I've heard this song before. But if you were yeah. just like, you know, the band Trapped, they would be like, no, I don't know. Yeah, no, there's no fucking way. So anyway, he goes, uh, uh, one man versus the whole group. This guy is like taking on the president in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, that sounds familiar. Uh, so he's calling them Democrats, liberals. Um, and then he does the thinking man emoji and he goes, this is going to be a great series of TikToks, <laughs> and hopefully it brings a lot of talkers to truth. I got 282,000 followers over there. You made the wrong sworn enemy QAnon. So things. So look fun. out for that series of TikToks. That's never a good, <laughs> like, it's never a good way to. Uh, you know, make your point. You better. I got a series of TikToks coming out, and you better watch <laughs> out. One, it that is bad. But I also think you don't want to be in an online argument. You never want to talk about how many followers you have in an online argument, unless you think it's going to be annoying to the person. Obviously, if 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 you like, I've done. I've done trolling stuff and it's been years right. since I've done any, but where I would say, uh, if I'm so stupid, then why do I have more followers than you? Right. And yeah. then it makes them fucking crazy. And that's, that's like a really fun thing. But if I was like in a true fucking argument war, really with whatever my side is leftist or anarchist, I would, 100% not bring up how many followers I have because it makes you look pathetic. One, two, I don't know if you're on TikTok, John. Uh, no, uh, I'm not. But you should be because you do a social media podcast. But anyway, that's, I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's- I think people on TikTok have generally like a lot more followers. Oh, than- way more. Yeah. There's a lot of comedians. Where I'm like a staunch, like it's so funny. There's like a comedian I know who was not a good comedian and who has like 500,000 followers on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe they've like figured out, like they're not very good at stand up, but maybe they've sort of figured out like how to be funny on TikTok. And that's why they have so many followers. Um, and they're really bad at TikTok also. And none of the videos are funny. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I can't be over here. I can't be in a world where this is considered like a funny <laughs> slash good account. So I can't be in a world where 
I just you shouldn't have six figure followers if you stink. I and I know that's that's not that's not right. So many, so many me, people who stink have that many followers on TikTok. So and for, many. And, and for me, like, um, I honestly, if you like those people, then I'm totally okay with it. But I can see where John would be very mad about it. You know, I just um, like, but it, it can go that. other. Well, no, it can go other ways. Like my friend Darcy Michael and and his husband have like a very famous TikTok, uh, and they they've oh, got yeah. something like they've got like four million followers or something like that. That's and and they rock. Like Darcy's been on Block Party a bunch, and we've been friends for a long time. And he is, yeah, like he had a sitcom that was in development about sort of like his relationship with his husband and that kind of thing, and it never really got picked up and never kind of went anywhere and. So he just basically took those ideas from his sitcom and made this made his own thing and people really resonate with it and he's been crushing it. And so like people and he's very funny and his husband's awesome and it's just like great. So to me, like there are there are definitely people on TikTok who are doing great things. It just is a weird. Yeah, it's just a weird thing to me um, to kind of have that that, uh, you know, that the, the the people I have seen on there, some of them I'm just like. I I can't be I can't be on here. I know. And Instagram is the same way as TikTok in a way. Like follower counts are wildly different than they are yes. on Twitter. Like there's just some social medias have lower follower counts and then some are like higher. Yeah, Instagram's the hardest, I think. It's it's like among the it's usually among the lower. Depending. Oh. I mean, unless unless you're like uh unless you're like hot. Like, unless you're yeah. like, you know, if you're just like a hot person, then yeah, then you can be great on Instagram. But yeah, I should uh, get back on there. And yeah, because you're a hot guy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking. Hog. <laughs> are you allowed to ball. do that yet? Your big balls. No, you're yeah. not. Hey, these are uh, just my huge balls, sir or sorry. madam. Just I can do that it. on TikTok, too. But I guess TikTok, I, I get mad about because they do like censor cursing. So. Yeah, Don't like it. You can't put cursing in the thing. But uh let's get into this album. I've been yeah. I've been wildly off course today. We've been off course in, in general, but that's okay. It's it's fine. You know, we this is what the show is. People sometimes get mad, they're like, just get to the album. Well, you know what? Sometimes we like to play around and it's a good time. In any case, yes, we are finally reviewing the second album from California's Alien Ant Farm. Uh they are uh you know, they're a band that we've reviewed. I just, I realized they might not be from, okay, they are from California. For some reason, we read an interview where they mentioned Arizona and I got confused. Anyway, we're good. California oh, band. I saw that too. Yeah, Alien Ant Farm. Maybe they lived in Arizona for a while. Who knows? But in any case, their second album came out on March 6th, 2001. It is called Anthology. And it was produced by Jay Baumgartner, who's done uh, a bunch of new metal albums. He's produced P.O.D., Papa Roach, Drowning Pool, Seven Dust, Coal Chamber, Three Days Grace, a uh, very well-known guy. Uh, the album was originally released on Papa Roach's label, New Noise. Uh, and I believe Alien Ant Farm, as far as I can tell from looking online, the only band to be signed to New Noise other than Papa Roach themselves. Uh, new Noise doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Uh, but uh, they kind of Papa Roach could sort of tell that Alien Ant Farm was going to blow up. And so they did a co-collaboration with DreamWorks. Uh, so the, the album was released on both of those two 
labels in conjunction with each other. And you know what? Papa Roach was right. This was a huge album uh, for Alien Ant Farm. It has gone platinum in Australia, Canada, the UK, and the United States. It peaked at number one on the U.S. Heat Seekers chart, the Billboard Heat Seekers chart. It peaked at number 11 on the Billboard 200 and on the U.K. Albums chart. Uh, It peaked in the top 20 in Australia, Finland, uh, Germany, just outside of the top 20 in Ireland. So huge album. It ended the year 2001 at number 79 on the U.S. Billboard 200 and uh, still had enough juice to also finish on the top 200 in 2002, peaking at 110. Of course, Smooth Criminal, massive song uh, for the band. It peaked at number 23 on the Hot 100 and number one on the Alternative Airplay charts. Also peaked at number 12 on the Mainstream Top 40 charts and uh, was on a bunch of other charts as well. It also peaked at number one in Australia, number two in Finland, number three in the UK, Uh, And uh, the song itself was certified double platinum in Australia and platinum in the UK. Uh, And then the second single, which was actually the first single. So they they released movies as the first single on June 18th, 2001. And then Smooth Criminal was the second single on August 27th, 2001. But then after Smooth Criminal blew up, they thought that Movies was a good song that still had some juice. So they re-released it as a single. And it did pretty well, too. Peaked at number 18 on the Alternative Airplay chart and number 38 on the Mainstream Rock charts. And it also charted at number five in the UK. Uh, So pretty huge songs uh, for this band. Uh, Obviously, this is their best performing album. Uh, it, uh, as I said, went platinum. It sold over 3 million copies worldwide. Uh, overall, an album that uh, has done very well. And Brian, uh, I think part of the reason this album got voted into the poll uh, this month was because they recently went viral as well. As uh, someone tweeted out that, uh, you know, life was good when this song was uh, charting or whatever the tweet was. And it was just a video of uh, a screen record of the video for this song and it absolutely blew up to the point where they were interviewed by the los angeles times and people were starting to say hey you know what that was a pretty good cover uh brian let's just go back all the way to the beginning as we always do back in 2001 i mean smooth criminal was so ubiquitous i'm sure you heard of alien ant farm uh but what's your what's your history uh, with the band Alien Ant Farm, where where are you at with them it, when this comes out in two thousand one? Well, guess I did. I I'll say this because we always think that I don't. I I will say no. I did not see them live, but that also might be wrong. I may have seen them live. I don't know. They um, toured with Lincoln Park and Taproot, and they also nah. supported Orgy on their headlining mm-hmm. tour. So you might have seen them there. And then they did a bunch of touring with Papa Roach as well. Yeah, I might have caught them with Orgy if this is if this is touring on Candy Ass still, which I doubt it is. But anyway, um, so I loved Smooth Smooth Criminal. Like this is a different Brian. At this time, you gotta really think. <laughs> like, if this was, if the, if this song came out now, I would hate it so fucking much. I would just be like, "Why you love covers? This. Hey, fuck this shit." Yeah, but it's lazy. <laughs> if it would feel lazy to me, you know, I okay. do love covers, but also this 
we won't talk about it with the album, but I know for a fact after listening to this album and now also taking a look at some Spotify plays that uh, I own this. That's sh- that's a hundred percent for real. I did own this album. Um, I must have listened to it at some point back then and not just listen to Smooth Criminal. Because I wasn't a, the type of guy that would just buy a CD and only listen to one song. I actually thought a CD sucked shit if I only listened to one song, you know, yeah. like yeah. or or if I didn't listen to all the songs. Like I was looking at like music from like a album perspective at that time, yeah. and uh, I know I own this because I remember it being in the car, and I remember listening to Smooth Criminal sometime. But now I'm looking. What the reason I brought up Spotify numbers is when I read these Spotify numbers, it's gonna, gonna blow your fucking mind here. Smooth Criminal has 328 million spins, which makes sense. That's that's a good number. Movies yeah. has 49 million spins, which is so much less. Right, so much less, but still a lot. It's yeah, it's a ton. I, I'm not saying it's a lot, but it is so much less. And if I'm doing like a little bit of crime solving with my brain or whatever, I would think that I heard movies one time and said "fuck this shit" <laughs> and never listen to it again. <laughs> I just remember seeing the movie's video and like seeing the lead singer and being like, I can't get behind this. This, what is this music? Like, honestly, it's fucking wild that this album is at all considered new metal. Like that to me is the first thing I want to say right off the bat. Like I felt like, I feel like sugar Ray was more new metal than this album well sugar ray was pretty new metal that one album we covered was was pretty new ish um yeah i i think i'll get to that i'll get to that point in a second i think for me uh alien ant farm always uh they were a singles band for me um i loved smooth criminal too i mean smooth criminal you can't argue fantastic cover um i i think it's uh you know, I'd put it up there with some of the best covers of all time. I think it's really funny. Like when I was doing the research for this, it shows up on a lot of worst covers of all time list. And I just wonder if that's because the band is called alien ant farm. Cause clearly like that's not a popularly held opinion. Like obviously with this going viral on Twitter and everything like that, like people clearly resonate with the alien ant farm version of smooth criminal. But like, if you look it up, if you just like Google alien ant farm, smooth criminal, uh, like in the last five years, I would say there've been a lot of pieces that are like the worst covers of all time. Alien ant farm butchered this song, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, first of all, no, they didn't. They didn't butcher the song. Alien ant farm are good musicians. Like the, the playing on the song is really good. So you can't, to me, it's like, that's, if you don't like the song Smooth Criminal, then okay, fine. But like, if you like the song Smooth Criminal, it's a very good version of that song. Like to to say they butchered it is crazy to me. Uh, So that's first of all. I want to say, yeah, I just jump in real quick. Um, This cover is good. I'm not saying it's bad, but in 2022, 
listening to it, it comes off as pretty fucking soulless to me, like in a way. Like I, I liked it then. I listen to it now, and it's just like the guitar tone. It's just, it's sort of perfectly made for radio. And in that way, it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of, I don't know. I feel icky about that. You know, yeah, I don't know I why, mean, but it I just guess. is such a clean guitar tone to me where it's like one of the signatures of new metal was that kind of dingy guitar, that, that kind of, sure. you know, and like, um, even Incubus did that kind of stuff with their guitar at times. And, um, I don't know this song. It's like the simplest version of this cover. I guess it, it's not like taking you're right. It takes no risks at all. And it just sounds like, like I've said, it sounds like the edges have been smoothed off. Pardon the use of smooth, but just that it just, it feels like and it was made. Hot one. <laughs> it feels like it was made for like your, you to be able to say, Hey dad, not all this music's bad. You like this one, you know, and, and then you play it or, or your mom or whatever, you know, how you would always try to find common ground with them and you'd tell them like oh you know you'd probably like this Limp Biscuit song it's a cover of the who nah fuck that you know <laughs> but you yeah. know does does that make sense like i don't think it's bad i just think it feels cynical it feels more cynical now than it did then i guess i yeah i mean i i guess i i just um to me, I guess it doesn't feel it doesn't feel disingenuous to me because that's Alien Ant Farm's guitar tone the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like if you listen to the record, it's not like it's not like the record is like fucking heavy and then out of nowhere you get this cut. Because to me, like I yeah. would say, like Disturbed, for example, right? Like they do that cover of Shout, which I think uh, you know I think is also a good cover, and I said that yeah. when we did the Disturbed review, but like that to me is is like an example of a band that thinks they're heavy that's kind of like lightening up to do that cover whereas like alien ant farm like if you listen to the smooth criminal cover like it fits in it fits in with what they're doing you know so i don't find it to be you know yeah i don't find it to be like um cynical i don't think i mean and even when they're talking about it in these interviews like they were clearly a big fan of michael jackson they talked about how they used to cover sade and then they were gonna cover sade for the album and they thought it was just like a little too slow and they wanted something a little peppier so they pardon me they picked smooth criminal and they also talked about how pardon me it wasn't one of michael jackson's biggest hits like that peaked at number Mm. seven which in michael jackson's which for Michael Jackson in the time period when Smooth Criminal came out, it's true. It didn't hit as hard as some of his other singles. So I like the, I like, you know, that I like what they were kind of going for. Um, but yeah, so anyway, love Smooth Criminal, still like it. I, I still like it a lot. I think it's really good. I, I mean, I think the, the playing on it is really good. And, and I, it is pretty straight ahead, but it does like there is a key change in the chorus from the Michael Jackson version. There's other things going on. Like it's not, just a sort of direct rip off of it. And then um, I've loved, I've always loved movies. I think movies is an awesome song. Um, I know that you don't share that opinion, but um, yeah, yeah, I just, I think that uh, 
I remember back in even like 2001, I don't even know if I just would have heard movies on much music or what, but I remember on a like burn CD, I had smooth criminal and movies. Um, and to this day, those are the only two alien ant farm songs I have on my phone. Um, aside from obviously downloading this album to listen to it. And I, again, I've talked about, I talked about this on the bonus episode we just did with, uh, with Bryn Nibor, but um, wish was also on Tony Hawk three. Uh, the Tony Hawk three soundtrack. So like anytime something's on Tony Hawk and it's like a pretty good song, um, then I'm into that too. So, so those were kind of the three, although I never like, yeah, I never added wish to, um, I never added wish to any playlists or anything, but I always thought it was a decent song, but yeah, for me, um, I, I, I always think of movies as sort of like a standout in this kind of genre. Um, and then yeah, smooth criminals. Great too. Uh, so that was sort of my history. And then I, I think over the years, just knowing how much I enjoy movies. I've tried to get into this album and it's never fully clicked with me. And I, I agree with you that it's not, I wouldn't classify it as new metal uh, necessarily, but I get the, I get the want to put it in there because it does feel, and maybe this is just because they're on their label or whatever, but it does feel very Papa Roachy at times. And I think of Papa Roach as a new metal band. Um, and so, you know, I, I feel like this is, it's just in that realm. It's in that time period, 2001, where new metal was starting to get a little poppier. If you're sort of going down that Lincoln park road, that Hoobastank road, that kind of thing where the guitars were getting a little cleaner, the songs were getting a little poppier, but it still kind of has a, a, a I guess a spiritual link to new metal for lack of a better word. It's part of the canon, and it, it, I think that what I don't think sound necessarily determines that it it is what journalists called them. So when they were like lumping bands together, the same journalists or or people, uh, the PRP specifically, being you know the paper of record for new metal, yeah. um like the PRP and a lot of those sites like reported on alien am farm right next to all of the corn and deftones and all those bands. So yeah. And, and if you hadn't heard them before smooth criminal, uh, you would just think they were new metal just by virtue of like, I'm reading the news, which is what you used to do. You skip every day. You used to read your new metal news. Absolutely. And, uh, you're seeing you're seeing alien ant farm in there and then smooth criminal comes out and like you gotta be you gotta be fucked up not to enjoy that song like it it is one of those (laughs) it's like it's just fun like the first time you hear it you're like oh my god and i always thought smooth criminal was a massive song because uh i remember the video Right. But, but, uh, and like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Any Michael Jackson single is a massive song. It just is in relative to the rest of his catalog. Like, for him in that time period, for a single to peak at number seven was not that great. Yeah. But the thing that happened is, I think I heard movies and was like, I don't, I'm never going to listen to the CD again. Like, I, I heard the song on MTV. Not even on the CD, because I just got the CD and like, you know, you let a song play for a minute, you're like, skip, 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 you know, and then by then you're on Smooth Criminal. 
<laughs> it's like, oh, I like that one. That one's good. And then skip, skip. And you're like, I think I only like Smooth Criminal. Because <laughs> I what don't. Is it, I, what is it about movies that you don't like? Because to me, I feel like it's just a really well-constructed song. I mean, I know it's a little poppy. You tend to like things that are a little heavier. But um, yeah, I just feel like if if Smooth Criminal is a fun song to you, then movies should also be a fun song. It's fucking corny though. And and I know that you shouldn't be taking points off for corny, specifically in new metal where almost all of it's corny <laughs> now. Sure. Yeah. But if 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 you put yourself in my shoes in 2000 when I first is this 2000 it's 2001, right? 2001, yeah. So you put my me in January 2001 and then picture me listening to movies and it's like a completely different Brian than it is now. And now, you know, I begrudgingly I'm like, yeah, you know, movies and just like, like I, I, like it's something I wouldn't like immediately turn the channel, but I also just, it just isn't something you know what this is for? This is perfect. Skaters. This is more skater stuff. I, I always found that there are like two kind of new metal heads. Yeah, more than two. But there's the skater side. And then there is the redneck side that listens to like Slipknot and, and all that kind of stuff. And obviously Godsmack, they Kid they Rock. meet. Yeah, they meet in the middle, obviously. But I never wrote a skateboard. And this seems like a song and an album for people that ride skateboards it is the same thing. The same problem I always have with like three eleven, um, just a few other bands. It's just, I wasn't a skater guy. Didn't like the aesthetic at all. I thought they were geeks and that's not even fair. Cause skaters are fucking cool, but I was just like, I can't do that. So these guys are geeks. Fuck them. Man. It was just <laughs> to them you know, cause I was kind of jealous cause they had a hobby or whatever. And all I did was drugs. Um, but like it seemed closer to that kind of music. It seemed closer to warp tour music to me. And For I don't, sure. the only warp tour bands I like Deftones and I like Incubus, but like I also think Deftones are a lot more metal than this, which and heavier For sure. For and sure. nastier yeah. sounding. So I just the rest of the songs on this album, and by extension to that smooth criminal are just like fuck man this is like listening to like third eye blind that's the thought i had while i was listening to it that is the thought i had though while i was listening i was like this is fucking like third eye blind music and uh just at that time i wouldn't have liked it and it doesn't necessarily even appeal to me now it just doesn't it doesn't this album has no edge it's like not an edgy album at all no no it's not yeah no. <laughs> yeah and, and oh, i, I, I just, mean i agree i still need edginess you know what i mean like i i yeah. you don't ever want to admit that you know like because if you're self-aware you know that sounds like a dipshit thing to <laughs> sounds say sounds like the rednecky the rednecky part of new metal where you're like exactly. i gotta have an edge i want the singer to talk about people leaving him alone <laughs> yes i gotta have an edge i just want some kind of an edge i want to think it's right. kind of like the same way i look at wrestling a lot of times is like i want to think the guy could beat somebody up you know what i mean like i want to think the lead singer 
is fucking living the badass new metal life that I thought I could live if I could just get a hit song and right. by extension write a song. Period. And that's why an you instrument. like. And that's why you like stained so much. Yeah, I did like stained though, but stained is oh, not. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll have to make you an access axis between like redneck new metal fan and uh uh skater skater yeah. fan i just think it's, yeah. there's two sides there's roofers and then you know <laughs> baristas <laughs> i don't know it just, yeah, no. and, and alien ant farm is on the this other barista. side yeah this is barista new metal definitely <laughs> uh, alien ant farms on the other side of the fence from me yeah you know? yeah i get that like i i definitely i get i get that and i think maybe that is why too in some ways they actually feel a little more new metal ish is because they do have that sort of skateboard music feel to it where because because i think like i said I, I i think what they were trying to do is similar to you know we've talked about this a ton on the show about how 2001 was a real breaking off point for new metal where new metal itself was dying and so bands were kind of making the choice are we going to be pop or are we going to go heavy are we going to be metal or are we going to be you know and so that was sort of yeah you had your lincoln park down one path you had your slipknot down your other path and you kind of decide or you might like both but that was kind of where the bands had to go because new metal uh became a punchline and this one to me feels like uh, they wanted to go down that Lincoln Park, Hoobastank, Incubus uh, road, POD. You know, they wanted to go down that road, but I agree. Like, I think that they have some skater, some California beach town mentality to them that maybe makes them feel a little heavier kind of than they are. Or not heavier is maybe not the right word, but. Um, you know, I think that that's maybe what puts them more in the new metal conversation is that they they do feel like those sort of poppier bands, but with that almost kind of pop punk, um, I even hear like a little bit of ska in here at times, like there's a little bit of that sort of scritchy guitar, like well, in movies, like it does have a little bit of that even ska to it, where um yeah you kind of go okay well i don't even know what this is but it's like these sort of new metal-y things so that's where i'll lump it in i mean they did play warp tour uh right after this album came out so this album came out in march of 2001 and then they played warp tour in 2001 um and so you know i think yeah I, I i agree with what you're saying and and yeah the album definitely doesn't have an edge it definitely feels a little more poppy it's interesting the interviews like dryden talks the lead singer dryden mitchell talks almost exclusively about being into folk music yeah. um it, which i a, don't which i yeah oh, he's an interesting character we're gonna get into that <laughs> later but um but yeah it's like i don't necessarily hear folk but it definitely I definitely hear a band that wants to be big. I don't think they were a band that was like interested in being counterculture or whatever. Like even oh, yeah. the name Alien Ant Farm, like it's kind of funny. It's meant to be a sort of, you know, oh, what what could this band be about? What a silly kind of name. Like it's even got that. Like I, I feel like they definitely were. Yeah. And then, of course, like their their biggest song being a cover also fits in with that sort of mentality but yeah i mean there's no doubt in my mind uh that this was a band that wanted to be 
famous or that that was kind of that that was going down that road of wanting to have a big song i mean here's the other thing about this is like okay two things first maybe redneck or skater isn't as good as warp tour or oz fest yeah if that makes sense yeah that's because i'm yeah, at no, oz fest i never went i've never been to warp tour in my yeah, life I, I was a warp tour i went to several oz fests like the first fucking 10 of them <laughs> so uh uh but this is also a time where there is this resurgence after a long time off of weezer too yeah yeah and sure. a, a lot of the new metal bands were super into fucking weezer too oh totally and yeah that, i mean deftone right like chino will tell anybody who will listen those that the early weezer albums were like his favorite shit well, they do two covers of it. They do two Weezer covers, actually. Maybe even more by now, but they do... Uh, they used to cover Say It Ain't So all the time live. I know. Sure. That was my favorite shit, and I had, like... Uh, I, I've seen them do it a bunch of times also, but I also... Uh, they did El Scorcho, too. They would, yeah. they would cover El Scorcho, too. So, it's like... I just think, like, this seems one generation in of new Metal. And it's like, it has, uh, listen, I'm a Weezer. I like Pinkerton and the blue album and fuck. I like the green album. Yeah. So me like, too. I like those fucking albums, but like, I just like, this is a more recent development, not recent, recent, but you know, I was a little bit older and more out getting out of new metal at that time when I got way into Weezer. So like, um, this kind of sounds like that part of the world too. Like they were, it really feels like these guys would have like really been a good tour mate for Weezer. I think, I guess is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah, think they I, fit perfectly on that tour. Yeah, I agree. I think it's interesting too, right? Because Weezer's whole thing, like rivers always said his favorite band was kiss and it was almost like Weezer was trying to find a way to sort of be Kiss, but not like be like a more accessible Kiss. Because there's always people who are going to just be like, oh, well, Kiss is like a heavy rock band or they're a metal band. And I'm not going to. I mean, Kiss is not really a metal. You know, as as time has gone on, we've sort of realized Kiss is really just a pop band, basically. Uh -huh. But at the time. They had the, you know, the face paint and the, you know, there were people who were just going to say, yeah, Kiss is not, they're not a heavy or they're too heavy for me rather. And so it was like Rivers took some of what Kiss was doing, had that little bit of sort of guitar edge to Weezer's early stuff. And it's kind of like that's what Alien Ant Farm is trying to do a little bit too, where it's like, let's get a little bit aggressive. Like we like Papa Roach and Corn and Limp Bizkit. You know, we like those bands. They probably like Deftones, whatever. You know, we like that shit, but we want to be the sort of Brit. We want to be the gateway, you know, yeah. Uh, and and yeah, it definitely feels like that. It, it feels. But at the same time, there aren't a lot of singles on this record. Like, it doesn't feel like a single like record either. All like of them are. It you think like so? Every fucking one of them could be the movies song yeah man, I, think. I guess i guess i really feel like that they're, they're they don't vary very much i do feel like any of these songs if listen if movies had hit then this would have been one of those albums where they did like 
seven singles from because if <laughs> movies would have hit then that would have been what people were looking for from this band like let's say let's sure say okay I, I they release movies right yeah and it hit if it had hit then they did smooth criminal that would go that much higher and then i truly feel like they could release any other song off the album and it would be just it would just be the same it's the, exactly the same as if they release movies I, I for better or for worse too because i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing right i think they wrote a lot of singles man that's like an actual impressive thing to do that's difficult to do i just don't think yeah i they guess got, i just, I feel like I some guess, of the songs are weird. Like, I feel like the time signature, like they're just weird. Like the songs all have weird parts. <laughs> and then the song they released as the third single attitude is like fucking weird. It's got like Latin drums and acoustic guitar, and it doesn't really fit with the rest of the record. Like that's kind of the, that's sort of the one outlier on the record um, that doesn't feel like it's trying to be a single. And then they released that as a single, like, I don't know. It just, <laughs> It's all, it's, it's, it's a weird, yeah, there's some weird shit on here. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, movies was the prototype, and to be fair to them, I will say this, they did try by releasing movies first, which is like, that's a real fucking, like, man, you know, I, there's no way the label didn't get behind and think that Smooth Criminal was going to be massive, there was just, there was just no fucking way. It was just, if you're in the band, you're like, fuck, not Smooth Criminal. Of all the songs <laughs> on the album, fucking Smooth Criminal. Now I gotta play it for the rest of my fucking life. And also, it's like, nothing else on this album sounds like this. Nothing. All the rest of the songs sound completely, fu- it's like a different kind of music, really, <laughs> to me, yeah. than Smooth Criminal. Well, it's, it's because weird. the the guitar line of smooth criminal sort of necessitates it being like a little bit heavier, more deft tonesy. It, yeah. it, the guitar in smooth criminal wouldn't be out of place in a deft tone ta- song. If you just tuned it way down, then you're like, fuck, that's a deft tone song. You know, uh, it's just tuned normal or something i don't know some guy that plays guitar will be like oh, actually it's dropped d or something like that and i'll be like i don't know man i just know <laughs> you could tell you can tell me anything different. yeah you could tell me it's fucking anything and i would believe i just said i just reiterated what you said like a real fucking <laughs> idiot that's okay but yeah i don't hate this i it, i think it comes off like i hate the album i want to say that like i have been talking a lot about on this show about how many times I listen to an album and what it means. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously if I listen to something once and I never listen to it again, that's bad. And, uh, that means it's not going to get a good review because it means I listened to it once and was like, I don't even want to do this again. I can't even (laughs) just sit through this fucking thing again. My life is hell when I'm listening to this. Yeah. So like, I listened to this album five times. Now, that sounds good, right? That's like, damn, you know, he couldn't get enough of this fucking album. This guy listened to this album five times. No, this isn't what it was. It didn't make an impression on me the first four times. And then on the fifth time through, I was like, nobody can say I didn't try. 
Nobody can say I didn't <laughs> actually try. I had to prove it. To dude, I don't take no, I don't take notes like I do for the bonus shows for these shows because we don't go through each song. Yeah. One yeah. by one. Right. I had to take notes because there was nothing that like nothing ever came up where I was like, oh, that's memorable. I like that. You know what right. I mean? It was right. always just like. Oh, I know what I wanted to say for my notes, too, about movies. It, um, I don't know what people are going to think about this. It sounds like a lit song to me. That's <laughs> it's a, Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's got some lit in there. I could hear that. There's a lot my, of lit on this album. Yeah, I could, I could. Yeah, okay. That doesn't... But I also, like, you know, lit's fine. I don't no, dislike you, lit. You so No, I'll have to teach you some about lit. And then you'll be like, oh, never mind. You know, uncomfortable band. They stink. But they did okay. buy their name off of Jay Gordon. Yes, which we learned on this show, which is all, which is fucking awesome. Stupidest <laughs> men in the world. You gotta be a really real cool. dumb motherfucker to buy the name. But yeah, now that you're right, name. the opening riff of my own worst enemy kind of sounds like the opening riff of movies. <laughs> now that you said it, now I'm now I'm not going to be able to get that out of my head. And you like lit, so that's not a big deal. But well, I, I'm not in love with lit. But I think my own worst. <laughs> I think my own worst enemy. You always do this to me on the show. Um, well, you don't like the like, other one too. It's it's like my. Uh, I have a comedian buddy, Kevin Banner, very funny comedian, and he'll always if something like really like if some shitty person does something, he'll always say like your buddy. Like he'll always buggy. Oh, your yeah, buddy, yeah, yeah, your that. buddy Donald Trump. You know, he did there or whatever. You know, it's not yeah. Donald Trump, but it. You know, it, so it. What that's what you do. Like if I say I like something or I hate something, or if I'm middling. Sorry, if I'm middling, no, you're like you, you love that. Or if I have like, yeah. yeah, it's fine. You're like, oh, you love you love lit or like System of a Down. Oh, there's a couple songs in here that didn't age that well. You hate System of a Down. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It, I'm just trying to give you. I'm trying to make you meaner than you are, John. And yeah. you're already kind of mean. So, I mean, according to listeners, not according to me, I don't think you're mean at all. Well, the listeners are like, God, he's so mean to you. You should. You should fucking <laughs> to say you? When to have him. I ever yeah. been mean to you? He might be mean to, to the fans. I'm not really. I mean, I mean, I guess yeah. if people saw our text messages, they might be like, oh, John's so mean he's to Brian. He's so fucking mean to you, man. You don't have to take that <laughs> shit. Yeah, from that little that geek, that geek yeah. who likes a, who loves lit. <laughs> yeah, but like you have to admit, and people that are listening to the show will a hundred percent be like, it is not cool to be compared to lit. <laughs> no, definitely not. That's not a band you want. No, you don't want to be compared to lit. That's they, they are like, if there was a, if I had to name the type of music, it would be lit ass music. It's like lit and not in a cool way. Like the band that sings my own worst enemy and the come song. Yeah. You know, that's no, I, I hear like when they say come. I hear you. No, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. And I, I don't think you're, yeah, I don't think you're way off base with that. Um, so is, I want to go, ahead. I want to also say flesh and bone. Yeah. What about it? It sounds like a police song and I don't yeah. like the police. either. <laughs> they clearly like the police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I thought like, there's a couple good songs on here aside from the singles. I thought Courage was pretty good. The opening song, Courage, pretty decent. 
Um, I think Summer is a good song, but what I don't Ooh. like about Summer is that it uses the sort of same analogy of like winter, summer, spring that they use in movies, which is like three songs before that. Um, so it's like, man, maybe you should stop referencing the seasons. Like we get it. <laughs> summer is hot and winter is cold, you know. Um, but I just mean as far as like a breezy sort of song, I thought it was pretty good. I like Attitude too. I, I kind of like it as a sort of change up. I think it's pretty good. Um, but then, yeah, I like, don't get me wrong. I do agree that, um, <laughs> that like, there's some pretty rough songs on here. Death day is really bad. Um, flesh and bone is also not that good. Um, and I like the police, but flesh and bone mm. is, uh, yeah. In the lyrics are not good. I mean, none of the lyrics are good, but that's, well, that's there's one that two... stands out as a, it's a, it's a, it, yeah, it's tricky. I think there's two songs where the lyrics merit talking about, and that isn't every album, right? Uh, Number one, though, uh, summer, the, the the chorus of summer, it's not good. It, I'm serious when I say it, it almost made me fucking angry the way (laughs) that it was just like, it was just like, I don't know, man. Let's riff on the seasons, you know. Like if yeah. I was, if I was like one of those spoken word poets, and like I was trying to buy time, you know, before I think of the next idea in the spoken word, then I would like it. But I don't like the chorus of that song. I don't like. I don't like his little fucking like, you know, wink, winky lyrics. You know, when you catch like in the movies, they'll say stuff like it's like a sci-fi. You know what I mean? Like they they try to fit as many uh, like movie references as in here's how you feel. You feel like a sci-fi movie and that's like a lot to them. And it's like, oh, that's so corny, guys. Yeah, he's Um, not a good he's not a good songwriter, but he admits it. Right. Like he says in the, the hip online interview um and we'll get to the interviews in a sec but this part kind of goes along with what you're saying so i think it's the right time to bring it in the question is how are the songs born and dryden says i write most of the songs completely with music and lyrics for the acoustic songs i'll bring in songs or a vocal melody to the guys i don't really have lyrics and we'll track it and then i'll take it home or in the car and karaoke to it until i have lyrics what's harder lyrics or melody lyrics i don't have anything important to say it's usually yeah. relationship-driven, half-fiction and non-fiction. Lyrics are pretty easy, but if it's not, I'll put it away. It's fun. When it's not fun, I'll get another job. Which, like, you probably shouldn't... Like, I think it's very reflective of a lot of the lyrics on here that he says he's not very good at writing lyrics, but then also says it's easy. That is not a good... Co- like. If it's if you think you're not good at writing lyrics, then it should be really hard to write yeah. lyrics because you should be trying to write better lyrics. So if you think you're a shitty lyricist and you also think it's easy, that's a very bad combination of things, kind of in my opinion. Though. Yeah. You know, I also want to the other song that I had the really I really wanted to dig into is Whisper. Yeah. That the lyrics to that song fucking grabbed me immediately because the very beginning of it, the first lyrics that you hear in this song are, it's my arms that wrap around you. Nice. It's my arms. It's my arms, baby. Okay. John, so far it's your arms. 
I'm like, I'm into this. I like arms too. Like I like, you know, whatever. I like having arms. Then the next fucking lyric is small rooms with record exec types is, is the word by the way, types rhymes with nice in this song that's in his fine. world. Yeah. yeah. And in fine. Dryden's world, a lot of things rhyme with a lot of things. I wrote a lot of uh, this rhyme rhymed hope and bone. And uh, <laughs> flesh and bone, <laughs> rhymed, bone. <laughs> rhymed, rhymed repentance and acceptance. It's yeah. like close, you know. Yeah, but like this is the way he song. puts the emphasis, right? It's like exact, like you, if you, you, you would never say hope and bone rhyme, but they rhyme no. if you if you make the O like three beats long. <laughs> so if you're like bone hope they rhyme because you're doing you're just doing the vowel sound way longer so it sounds like they rhyme whereas if you speak normally the consonant sound will be much more dominant um and he does that a lot he's he this is a very he's he's like in the tom DeLong uh school of pronunciation with very californian and any any word can be anything yes well it's also I like music industry songs. You know, I, I love it. I it's one of my favorite type of songs. But I think I usually like it like later on in their career. You know? Right. Like right. like because they've I've been, been through it. They're like, <laughs> oh, you know, the record label fucked us. Here's a song about it. Yeah. This is off their first well, second album. It's like yeah. guys. Fucking pump the brakes! Yet two albums later, you do this, and and it's because you're mad because like, and you have to put the they always they would always put in any industry song they'll be like, guy shows up with a ponytail like that's the most they love a ponytail (laughs) button up shirt ponytail yeah well and it's funny too it reminds me of last month when we were talking about coal chamber right and coal chamber were acting like it was very difficult for them to get signed, right? We, you like read the interviews and they're like, oh, there was no metal scene. There was no, no one would sign us and it was brutal. Uh, but we were also selling out shows and then we got signed because we, you know, we were, we knew someone or was that two episodes ago? It was someone who got signed because they knew Taproot. That's not Coal Chamber. It was whoever we did just before that. Um, but yeah, and you're like, okay, that's not, you can't complain that you get signed off of knowing, <laughs> you know, off of knowing that, right? Uh, Hollywood Undead is the ones who are complaining yes. about that, I think. And then, and so, yeah, so that's just kind of fucking wild to me. And then it's sort of the same thing with Alien Ant Farm. It's like, how could you complain when you basically got signed because Papa Roach liked you? Like, that was basically <laughs> the whole, like, you can't. Who's the record exec in this scenario? Like Papa Roach signed you to their label and then they got you a deal with DreamWorks. Like, what are we talking about here? It's very, that part of it was very strange to me. And you do the cover. Like, listen. Yeah. Nobody didn't think in the room. I'll bet you money. The record label one million percent knew if they got behind it it would be a massive hit it was almost no risk at all for the for the label and by extension alien amp farm now i think it did end up fucking them you know uh if they wanted longevity i think i think it definitely hurt them 
Um, and I think it hurt their second album sales specifically because, again, when you hear a song like that and then you buy the album and this is it, this is the album that you get, you're never going back. You, They pushed you to the wrong people. And that that fucking sucks because like the 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 warp tour types uh aren't going to come and find you you know they're not gonna like you you're gonna go do that show and you're not punk enough and then you're gonna go do papa roach shows and uh within two years you're just that that music is just not the same as papa roach well and you're not really heavy with yeah yeah you're not really heavy enough to be with those bands either yeah, you're too heavy for some, well, for for like any cool alt band or band that kind of sounds like that in in alternative music at the time. I mean, they've all they've been touring with fucking Papa Roach. You you can't you can't bring them on tour with you now. Like like uh, Weezer's a bad example. Like Jimmy Eat World. These guys might have been okay. If they were on a Jimmy Eat World tour, it might not have been like the worst thing in the world for them. But like now they've played with Papa Roach. So Jimmy Eat World isn't going to take them on tour. You know what I mean? Because they have Papa Roach stink on them. So I think these guys did in the end get screwed by the record industry. I and everybody did end up getting screwed by the record industry. I think you get more screwed by like oh god i hate saying this but by capitalism you you end up actually getting more screwed because they're like the thing that's going to make us the most money is what you are you are not what you are you know what i mean like and this this band it just was malpractice pushing them towards guys like me you know what i mean that was not smart and and like uh uh that's one of the reasons like listening to this album was just like I don't know what this is, man. I I really don't know. I kind of really, I don't know what it is. And what ends up happening in the end is I'm just annoyed by it. You know, Um, it just, there's a lot of stuff on here that, that like, I didn't, I didn't like, but there's, it's not stuff that I hate. Like, so I would never fucking look you in the face if you don't like this album and say like you're a fake fan you know what i mean you don't like you're not into heavy stuff but i i do think that we're kind of i don't know i it's a weird thing because like i shouldn't care about that kind of stuff especially like at 43 right like i I personally shouldn't care about people thinking I'm a sellout or not listening to heavy, (laughs) heavy enough music. And it's not even what I think it's like a sort of, I've engineered my brain in such a way that I hear this music and I'm like, uh, nah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the what the lyrics to these songs. I don't like how goofy it is. I remember seeing the movies video and being like, I don't know. This video isn't really working for me. This is not something I would do. And uh, there's a guy that we don't talk about who one time said, uh, uh, who one time said, Anybody who smiles while they're playing an instrument should have that instrument destroyed and taken from them. And I believed that. 
for a very long time. And uh, uh, this yeah, is okay. a smiling band. I mean, he, he, yeah. even when he sings, sounds like he's smiling. Oh yeah, they're definitely a smiling band for sure. He has a, <laughs> he has a, he has a reverse mohawk. You got to be, uh, you know, you got to be a bit of a goof if you're doing that. His name's um, Drayden. It his name. He also has a Mormon name. Dryden, like Mormon Dryden. at Dryden. Yeah, that's like a, yeah, that's what Mormons name their kids. That's true. Well, let's get into this. Speaking of religion, let's get into the articles because there's a very funny quote from <laughs> from uh, from Pause and Play. Uh, this one is from uh, from I believe 2001, right when this came out. Uh, the the article for some reason is really the the headline is rough. Very funny. Uh, the head the headline is that music's lost its taste, so try another flavor. Alien Ant Farms music, uh, which is <laughs> I, what a weird yeah what a weird title. Uh, I, I'm then, gonna say this. I, I want to say this for the sake of like, uh, just because people like it. Vanilla is the flavor that you get in your <laughs> mouth when you listen to this, which it's I like. like. Vanilla, it's like a vanilla bean. It's it's like an upscale <laughs> vanilla. It's like um, milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We go. There's an ice cream store we go to um, near us that makes like high end ice cream, and their vanilla they call Tahitian vanilla. <laughs> um, which is like supposed to be like where the best vanilla in the world comes from, I guess, or whatever. It's like, just fucking call, just call it vanilla, man. The people can't don't, stand the thought of eating. Yeah, vanilla. they can't stand the thought. It's got to be Tahitian vanilla. Uh, so <laughs> this article starts out uh, though flesh and bone, one of the prime cuts on alien ant farms debut new noise, dreamworks album anthology touches on religion. No one will ever confuse the Riverside, California rock quartet for Creed. Singer Dryden Mitchell just wanted to have a heart-to-heart with God, says guitarist Terry Corso. Quote, with all these thousands of people dying in earthquakes in India and El Salvador and people in the Middle East killing each other over God, Corso said, it just makes you go, what's this all about? I want to talk to God directly right now. I don't want his secretary. I want to talk to him. What's his cell phone number? By the way, do you think God has AT&T or Verizon? He probably has his own network. He gets as many free minutes as he wants. Because he's God. It's just like, I mean, it's really painful. That's like a really painful trying to make a joke. New metal guy in an interview. Uh, You just would rather him say problematic stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? It's just like, like, you're allowed to be a little edgier back then when it comes to that kind of stuff. And you were doing this. This was your kind of fucking shit. Well, yeah, because he tries to pivot. He says, seriously, the song's about standing back and looking at it. A what if? Dryden explains it as a conversation with God. Like, give me a sign that this is all real. It's not preaching at all. When you listen to the lyrics, you can really see where Dryden's coming from. It's not claiming anything or not trying to preach toward anyone. It's more like, what's going on here? Let me know. (laughs) You know what is also good in this article, though? Uh, When they ask him the first record he ever bought. Um and uh, listen, I'm going to say this right now. I like the Kiss disco song. It's maybe one of my favorite disco songs, period. So I think it whips ass. Uh, the first record I ever bought. The first one I remember owning was Kiss, Dressed to Kill. My mom passed it down to me. Rock Bottom was the song that made me want to be a rock guy. Notice, we don't say rock stars. We say rock guy. There's a big difference. That to me is like saying the thing you shouldn't have said. 
You know, I, I don't know that I would have noticed that he said rock guy and been like, respect. I like that, you know? And, and I, I'm, I'm that way too. A lot of times where it's like, I don't even call myself really a comedian because I don't, I don't even know if I'm a comedian. Like when do I do comedy or whatever? And like, um, he, but he said it out loud. Like I just did technically, but I was explaining it as in like, yeah, you never see me in an interview say, I "I don't rock star. Yeah, I you would never see me say I am I am I don't consider myself a comedian uh notice. I said I don't consider I don't call myself <laughs> yeah. a comedian because I, well no I, the the know. equivalent would be like uh I'm I'm just a funny guy, you know, like when I'm with my <laughs> friends and like growing up, I was always the funny guy. So when I'm on stage, that's all I'm trying to be is the funny guy. Notice, <laughs> I didn't say comedian. Yeah, I said funny guy because that's, that's what it's all about. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to be funny with my friends in the audience. You know, man, John, that that line really fucking. <laughs> I mean, that hit me really hard in like a it was demonic in a way. It was, <laughs> it was really hard. Got you right right read. between the eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's one of those quotes that's like wow. Like we've done what? some quotes where I was like, uh, we've done some quotes where I'm like, oof, that's a hard one. That one made me want to just put my phone down for a few minutes and fucking like walk it off a little bit. Like when you get hit in the nuts or something like that, and you're like, oh, I gotta, you know, you know, walk yeah. it off. That's what that quote made me feel like, John. No, that's Ooh. fair. And they we're gonna get a little a little thing here from from uh from Ty Corso as well. Um where or sorry, Terry Corso, where um he brings this up and this comes up. They like to talk about how good they are at music. That's oh, like a, yeah. a big thing they love to really talk about. So uh Corso says, We just wanted to relay to people our songwriting capabilities, just being as melodic as possible and putting as much emotion in as we could giving the message to kids that we're in this to make beautiful music. We're not really in this to try to look like some big rock stars on stage, some untouchable gods. We're regular kids. We wanted to come across that way, but also bearing the big stick of, hey, check out this album. We can write, too. Uh, And then, yeah, then he goes on to say, at the same time, our influences range from Steely Dan to the police. Why? Because we've always admired them for being intense musicians. Stuart Copeland is one of the raddest drummers ever. Hey, you, you might want to call me a rock star and I always wanted to be one, but I'm not one. Don't call me. You know, who's a rock star, the founding fathers and, uh, (laughs) cops and, uh, fire first responders. Those are rock stars to me. I'm just a rock guy. You might rock. And He's always just like, you might want to call me a superstar. You might want to call me the world's greatest. But I actually did that this post yesterday about like, is wrestling the only industry where people say that they don't want a job that nobody asked them if they wanted? (laughs) And this is kind of the same thing. Like, if, like, I don't, so people, they were like telling people in their lives, like, I mean, don't call me a rock star. Obviously, just a rock guy. I'm just regular. I'm, I'm just, just a guy. I'm just your friend. Like I'm just you. riding that you grew up with. 
Yeah, and obviously really, really being like, I'm a rock star. You know what I mean? Like, in their head, like, fuck, man, I am, I did it. I'm a fucking rock star. Yeah. Good for them, you know? Good for them. I can't enjoy anything ever. So... And then uh, we'll we'll hop back to the hip online interview. This is from October thirteenth, two thousand three. So this was just before their second or their I guess their third record, True Ant, uh, comes out, and <laughs> they're talking about how the DeLeo brothers uh, from the Stone Temple Pilots were producing the record, and was uh, the the interviewer was asking them, you know, do they have a different perspective being sort of producers but also being musicians in a band and dryden says yeah and they've never done it and they've had all their records produced by brendan o'brien that is great company if they didn't learn anything from that guy about producing then i don't know who could we felt like we were getting brendan as well with them he actually mixed it it seemed like it all made sense to us we already knew the record was going to be good in our opinion anyway this album has been ripped to shreds review wise. And I know we are a good band and I know what this band is capable of. I know we have one of the best rhythm sections in rock now, unless Primus got together and then maybe there might be a conversation to be had. Oh, there might fine. be better drummers, but I know there aren't better bass players. Wait there. No, there are definitely less Claypool is still exists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a really weird. Yeah. It's weird to shout out Primus. Be like, if Primus was in the conversation, maybe we wouldn't be having it. But also, there is no better bass player than our bassist. So. <laughs> Why bring it up, bro? You don't don't bring, bring it up. up. Dryden, don't bring it up, oh, baby. They, so... they love to tell you how good they are at playing their instruments, though. It's like John... a big fucking thing that they like to do. It, this band didn't have like the Rolling Stone article, but I think maybe this is they have some of the wildest quotes i wish they had a rolling stone they would have had a wild rolling stone oh it would have just been funny i like this one from kind of music we decided we want to start a few bands and had a few conversations first we talked about what style or what we wanted to do our influences were so scattered classic new metal line oh yeah everyone's (laughs) always way different yeah some people in our band are very into heavy music our bass player is into Steely Dan. Probably listen to the album like once or twice on the bus. And then they were like, oh, this guy likes Steely Dan. Look at you. It's, it's like me when I tell people that you're into stuff. Mike, our drummer, is into Latin stuff. And I was listening to mellow folk music. That's how it all started. And I'm just like, this guy, why can't they say one of the heavy bands? I even think that's kind of a dick way to be. You know, you're in this heavy band. Hey, we listen to heavy music and then all these specific bands that people will respect us for liking, which that doesn't work, dude. It's also just like you can't say that your band is sort of like a because he's kind of suggesting that these are all influences on their band. But you don't you don't hear any of that. Like even when core bands like, you know, when Jonathan Davis would say Depeche Mode or The Cure or whatever. You can hear a little bit of that in core. Like you can give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit where you're sort of like, okay, there is a bit of a grooviness and a bit of a lightness to some of Jonathan Davis's vocals and stuff where you can kind of go, okay, I can see how we get there. I don't hear Steely Dan in Alien Ant Farm. I don't hear folk music. Like earlier on, Ryden Mitchell references Joni Mitchell and Tracy Chapman. 
Okay, I don't hear Joni Mitchell and Tracy Chapman, and he also talks about Edie Brickell a bunch. I don't hear any of that in Alien Ant Farm. Okay, so like you can't. It, it, I hate the sort of like we have scattered influences, but then they're not just because that's the music you like. That does not make it your influence. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I've always found that very odd. Like, it's odd when bands do it, but they seem to be one of the ones where they really go out of their way to say who their influences are, but you can't hear that in the music at all. I heard, uh, like I, I heard uh, uh, the police in this. Yes, for and sure. One of the other things, the vibe, it must've been a vibe because I don't think anything on here sounds like it, but okay. This is a song that I, I truly dislike like in a huge way and 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 one of the songs and i'll even say the name of the song and maybe i'll come off like a dumbass because uh i i uh, uh got it wrong but attitude uh my note is i hate it because the guitar reminds me of van halen right now <laughs> like I don't know why I just heard that. And I hate that fucking song by Van Halen. Just truly one of the dregs of like the worst songs ever, like ever made, not even just the worst Van Halen song, but it reminded me of that. So like the, the only things I clocked here was Hoobastank, maybe Deftones, Van Halen, Weezer and Lit. Those are the fucking influences that I picked up. And Incubus, you texted me. Incubus and too. Incubus. But yeah. those are the influences I picked up. I yeah. didn't pick up on Edie Brickell and the new Bohemian. <laughs> you didn't? What? That's so crazy. I'm not uh, aware of too many. They should have covered that. I would have fucking gone nuts for a heavy version of that. Uh, they should have. Um, yeah, so this is also from that Kingdom Music article. came out in February uh, on February 8th, 2002. Uh, and just another, again, talking about how good they are at music. Uh, the question was, on your album, there's the cover of Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal. Aren't you afraid of being criticized as a band that became famous with a song which is not their own? No, there's enough creativity here. We all study. We know what we're doing. It's a fun song for us. We've been doing it for years. The kids dig it. We, we want to do what people like. And honestly, if anyone is putting us down, I want to see them play it because it's a hard song. Michael Jackson and Quincy, Quincy Jones wrote some of the greatest songs ever. I don't care if it's not cool anymore to like Michael Jackson. A lot of kids don't like them anymore. Because it's not cool to like him, just like Nirvana. My little brother likes them, so they suck. That's stupid. Um, but yeah, just I love that. Again, they just had to throw in. Look, it's a hard, it's a hard ass song. man. I don't like that. Do I don't. Just knowing what I know about Michael Jackson, I I don't love that line because I don't know where he got it from, you know, what he's referencing. But he's like, it's not cool to like Michael Jackson anymore. Yeah. I'm like, well, when was that? I mean, I mean <laughs> like, yeah. it really isn't cool. To like, no. Like, no. And it, when he was still alive at that period, it was like, okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't not, know what you're sticking good. up for, brother. Uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, I just like. I I I like him in the LA Times a little bit more. Yeah, so this uh, was a recent one. Uh this was from just like 2 weeks ago, uh June 30th or sorry, a month ago, June 30th, 2022. Uh this was after the the vi the tweet went viral. Uh Yvonne Villasenor reached out to Dryden Mitchell to have him comment on the virality of uh of the Smooth Criminal video. 
So, so Dryden uh, is three years older than me. And I know that he knows. I fucking know that he knows that network television, millions of people aired the Smooth Criminal video. Like, as a special event that people were like, I have to watch Moonwalker. And like everybody like my age watched Moonwalker. It was just like the biggest fucking deal in the world. So him saying it's not one of his massive hits drives me up the fucking wall. You couldn't live in the world without hearing Smooth Criminal. And I understand. I didn't play Beat It. All right. Whatever. (laughs) You played like one level under Beat It. You know, <laughs> so annoying to me. So then he's like, I'm going to do a wham cover now. And, and part of the quote he says there is, I don't know if we can blow up another time on a cover. I'm sure there'll be a lot of negative comments. Like, man, this band has two hits and neither song is their own. I don't give a fuck. I'd take it. And that was where I was like, you know what, Dryden? I like that attitude where it's just like fuck i don't care i'm you, you want to hear a cover i'll do any cover you want i'll do thriller or beat it now if that's what you need from me uh i like that because i would take it too i would take yeah i would take this guy's career any day of the week like any day 100 <laughs> percent. well and he, he even says that actually he he makes a uh he mentions that in the uh in that uh hip online article um, someone, the, the question was, are you talking about the sophomore slump? And he said, yeah, I mean, some bands have it and some don't. And some bands even have freshman slumps. We fortunately didn't. I have a ton of friends who are in bands and it's not like we got huge success, but they never received anything. Sophomore slump is a great thing just because we had an opportunity to do a sophomore record. Um, which yeah. I think, yeah, like it's, you know, I, I think there is definitely an awareness to Alien Ant Farm, even though we're kind of bagging on some of the quotes in these interviews. Um, you know, they, they definitely did have a bit of an I mean, they were called Alien Ant Farm, for fuck's sake. Like, they knew what was going on. Uh, the last one I wanted to touch on, this is an Entertainment Weekly profile, which should tell you how big oh, Smooth Criminal was, because they're yeah. getting featured in fucking Entertainment Weekly. This is from July 24th, 2001. And it's just one of those profiles where it's oh. like it, it would have been in the print magazine as kind of like a box on the side of so it's all like short questions and answers and a couple of things uh, popped out here Uh, again this is a classic trope we love to talk about on the pod cast how they would describe their sound if they were music critics and they can't say new metal so they say new romantic heavy metal Um, and new is spelled n-u like new metal but they describe themselves as new romantic heavy metal and then uh, and then incubus or sorry (laughs) Uh, Entertainment Weekly describes their sound as Incubus channeling Sugar Ray, uh, which yeah, I thought like go. there's no question that Alien Ant Farm would not have read this and been like, "Fuck!" <laughs> they would have been so mad. I know that those were the things that were getting references, and then uh, of course they absolutely have to once again talk about how good they are at playing music. Triumphant tale of how they beat the odds. Quote. The fact that we study music sets us apart, says Mitchell. Maybe 1% of bands actually practice their instruments besides just rehearsing the music they play in the band. And uh, that is, that's really something special. So, Well, I want to say this first. I want to say this first, John. Uh, New romantic music 
Do you know what that is? What what new, new romantic the new romantic metal. bands? No, no, no. Do you know the new romantic bands? Oh, though? oh. I don't know. Like, no, like Duran like, really? Duran and oh, okay, uh, that's and what they mean. Just, and sure, just like Club. new wave. Yeah, yeah, sure. There's okay. there's fifty five fucking other new metal bands that sound like new romantic, like have new romantic uh, influences. Alien Head Farms not like not one of them. I don't hear it at all with them. No, definitely not. <laughs> it's very weird, man. Like I can hear Duran Duran in Deftones. A hundred. Oh, I hear it. I hear Spandau Ballet and and Deftones. Uh, EW is right. It is Incubus Sugar Ray and Sugar Ray. I like this one too. Um, stock quote on the pitfalls of fame. I used to think how cool it'd be to be on the radio. Now it's just a tool to get us to the next thing. No idea what that means. None. I mean, that is cool, man. We're just on the radio now and who cares? But I, but yeah, I, I think like these guys, man, I I guess like it's easy for me to goof on them because of how highly they thought of themselves at the time i will be yeah. fair and say he seems very humble now and he even yes. mentions like at the time they were very cocky and the way that they hit was also super like i, al- I also wonder story. too yeah and I, I i wonder too how much of it was a defense mechanism right because mm-hmm. i'm sure they were just hearing a lot of you're only big because you wrote a cover and that's got to be hard right because you are big and, but you feel like you're so much more than this cover. And so, you, like, the, you know, that seemed to be like their kind of way out of it was that they were trying to say, like, we're really good musicians. That's that's how we we're getting out of this is that we're just we're you know, you think we're just some like we just wrote some like ticky tack cover and we got famous off of it. And there that was their way of being like, no, no, we're you know, we're for real. We're doing a real thing. A hundred percent. You're exactly right. Uh, so there we go. There we have it. That is Alien Ant Farm and Anthology. Uh, we now are at the tweet defense. If this is your first time tuning into the show, this is how we sort of give the album a score. Uh, so this is if someone were to tweet at you that Anthology sucks, uh, how many tweets would you do uh, re- as replies to defend this album? Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. What is your tweet defense score? I'm going to give this a score that I think might make people nuts, but I got to fucking go with my heart. And uh, I'm going to give this album a two. And I honestly do not know what the second tweet would be. I'm just saying, (laughs) I don't want to give it a one because it has a song I like on it. You know what I mean? But like, even that song I like, after it degrades over time, your enjoyment of a song degrades sure. over time. And this is one of those songs that got played so many fucking times that yeah. when I'm trying now that I was listening to it, you know, trying to have new ears to it. Yeah. Like I was trying to be like, I'm going to listen to this and, and try not to let the fact that I've heard it too many times, you know, affect me. And all I could think while I was listening to it was like, Man, they didn't really do anything here, but it's a cover and all covers are good. So like, I don't know. There's just something about, there's just something about it that, that movies, I think me not, 
movies not really being a big deal to me or, or anything that I liked at the time, something I actively disliked at the time, I think it just hurt the rest of the album right. for me because I just yeah. felt like I, I'm not, I'm buying Smooth Criminal, but I'm not, I will be selling on movies. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I hear that. Um, for me, it's a three. Um, oh. I would... D- I would defend what? <laughs> this is the lowest rated album we've ever done. Yeah, as a combo, for sure, it's the lowest rated album we've <laughs> ever done. But I don't. It's not the worst album we've ever done. Not even close, um, in my opinion. But yes, if you combined our scores because of your propensity to give bad albums like twenty five, <laughs> uh, this is definitely our lowest score. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would defend Smooth Criminal. I'd defend Movies, and I think there's another couple other good songs on here. And I just like, you know, they were always a band I kind of rooted for uh, for whatever reason. So I think it's a three for me. So there. And you, you know it. what? I'll, I'll maybe give them a little bit of a three too. Because if anybody mess with you, John, I would fucking kick their ass Thanks, for baby. you. And if I they, if somebody that. says. You know, John, you're an idiot for liking this alien ant farm so much. I'd be like, whoa, hey, you don't have to hey. call names. Let's fucking argue on its merits. Thank you, my friend. And then, I, uh, I would say I actually gave it a two, which is. <laughs> I think so I agree lowest. with you. I, I'm, a, I'm in your space. I'm, I'm on the same team as you, but this guy's a fucking idiot. But like, also, he's my friend. So, <laughs> John, this might be my lowest rated album. Oh, it's got to be. Two's got to be the lowest for you. Maybe Puddle of Mud might. Yeah. And I do have a list. You have a list. Yeah, I don't have the list. I don't have the list of the latest ones, but I will bring it up while I uh, do the plug. Yeah, we're uh, if you like the show and you want to support the show and you want some more of the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the POD cast. Of course, that's cast with a K like the band corn. We do three bonus episodes every single month. We do a full length bonus episode and then we do two shorter bonus singles episodes where we review a single new metal song. Uh, Last month, as I said earlier, we had Bryn Niebuhr. Uh, back with us the she's a fantastic bass player for fantastic band stay inside uh, once again joined us to dissect osk dis by mad capsule markets uh, that was a, a lot of fun to do and a lot of fun to have Bryn back for that um, and yeah you get access to the entire back catalog we've got over a hundred episodes on there or no, not quite a hundred, but over 80 episodes on there for you to check out. You also get access to our discord where we're talking about new metal and uh, having a nice time in there, sharing some memes and everything. And it's uh, it's a good time. So all of that comes with your donation. It's four bucks a month. And you can also donate to tell us what song and album to do for a bonus episode. So if there's something you're dying to hear that you haven't heard on the show yet, uh, you can check all that out over on our Patreon. You can also follow us on Twitter at the POD underscore cast. Uh, Brian, did you did you pull it up? Did you what did you give Puddle of Mud? This is just over the first fifteen albums we did. Yeah, uh, I did give a two two break the cycle um, by staying. Oh, okay, staying that a yeah. two. I gave Come Clean by Puddle of Mud a one. Oh, uh, I gave satellite a by POD a two, two, and okay. and so this, this the, you company. saved you saved them. They they would be the low. So the lowest that we have is come clean. Yeah, because I probably gave that a one also. Yeah, and then the next lowest 
combined that I can see here is each of us gave a two to satellite. So there's still two lower, but this is, this is in the drags. It's in that convo. It's in that convo. (laughs) It's sad. All right. Well, I think people love this album too. Yeah. People do definitely like this album. Yeah. Yeah. People like this album for sure. So we're going to get, we're going to get in some trouble. Uh, well, we, uh, we've got two more things to do before we get out of here. The first is the challenge. Uh, every month we come up with a little challenge for ourselves uh, based on the album we listened to. Last month, Coal Chamber, we had to come up with a different version of Big Truck that would sort of use the chorus of Big Truck, Big Truck. And uh, Brian, I kicked your ass. I, uh, I yeah. destroyed you in that challenge. Uh, 75% to 25%, which is very lopsided. Usually our polls are quite uh tight for the challenge but it was it was a big win so now we're back tied once again uh you have 17 wins i have 17 wins and we have a single tie uh so this month what we are going to do is uh as we talked about on the episode earlier dryden mitchell one of his favorite things to do is uh really squeeze lyrics in really tight and uh, try to create rhymes where they don't exist and so brian thought it would be fun to do that to try and come up with some lines that we could think of. And we thought, well, what's a document that we love the lines of that we could kind of do in, yeah, our our POD cast Magna Carta. And of course, if you're a fan of the show, you'll know it is the biography on Mushroom Head's website. Uh, If you've (laughs) never read it, uh, you've never listened to the Mushroom Head episode on this show, do yourself a favor because it is wonderful. So our task is to pick a line or two from the Mushroom Head biography and turn it into an alien ant farm song. Brian, we haven't sang on the show in a while. I don't know if you're singing yours. I'm singing mine, but uh, okay. Perfect. I have we haven't, to. You yeah, have we haven't kind of sing. You kind of have to sing it. We haven't sung for a while. So Brian, the floor is yours. Maybe tell us the line first and then give us your sung version of it. I think you sing it and then tell the line. Okay. Okay. Do you think that seems like the way to go because then people get to hear it the first time okay you know all right this is such a weird because you do have to sing it because you have to take words that don't rhyme and fit them together yeah uh all right i'm kind of doing it for movies in a way like i'm going with that after the band found its image and hypermelodic heavy style of music was being diluted by other bands jumping into this space the band started to change their look to reflect nothing out face <laughs> that's it change their to face <laughs> dude it's so funny so brian and i were texting today and brian was like should we tell each other what line we're doing or should we just like let it ride and see if we pick the same one and brian we did indeed pick the same line it's the funniest line (laughs) it's the the funniest line i'm cutting out the first part of the line though so uh yeah that's where i'm this is where i'm going here all right here we go diluted by other bands jumping into the space the band started to change their look to reflect nothing out there, there. So I just tried to focus on the A sound to make space sound yeah. like it rhymed with there. So they go there with face. Go. And I feel like face is okay because. Oh, for sure. Some they of the words is. he does in this album are unrecognizable. You have to. Yeah. There's a lot of thinkers on this one. Yeah. Mustache. 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 
Yeah, that's but a really it's good really one, and like I understand like sometimes people will be like mistake and it'll sound like but must they take, really must. accentuate the yeah. you there. It must. sounds like mistake, no question <laughs> yeah. about it. Uh, so there you have it. That's the challenge. And finally, we have the poll as this episode crests the two hour mark. Uh, this is going to be one of our longest episodes of That's all time, me, probably because we were just popped off off the top. But oh, uh, no, it's not two hours. Yet. Yes, it is. It's two twenty four. Sure OK, yeah, it's about two hours. <laughs> Yeah, I looked when we started. It's going to be two. It's going to be crossing the two hour mark right now. But uh, again, if this is your first time listening to the show, how we finish every show is Brian and I both nominate two albums in the poll. And we give you, the listener, a chance to vote on what album you want us to cover next month. Next month, Brian, will be our three year anniversary of the POD cast. Hard to believe we've been going. I love you too, man. Hard to believe we've been going this long and uh, it's going to be great. And so, yeah, so Brian will nominate two. I will nominate two. You, the listener, will decide. And it's all on our Twitter. So make sure you're following us at twitter.com slash the POD underscore cast. And that's cast with a K like the band corn. That's the only place the poll goes up. Whoever wins the poll on Twitter, that's the album we do. Uh, so if you want to have your say, uh, make sure that you're following us on Twitter so that you're ready to vote. And we don't tweet a ton, so you don't have to worry about you know being bombarded by tweets if you follow us. So give us a follow. Brian, for our third anniversary episode, what two albums are you putting up in the poll? It's perfect. Also, the stuff I'm doing for the third anniversary episode, because it's not really themed, but I think it is really like a tale of two types of fan, what I'm doing okay. here. Okay. Because the first album that I want to put out there, and I think I, I have to say it would be great if this wins, but the second album I pick is probably going to hurt the chances of that. <laughs> uh, the first album I would like to put up is Trust Company, The Lonely Position of Neutral. Yeah, we've uh, had that up in the poll before. It does not do well. <laughs> I want to explain. I was in a band that covered Downfall. Like that oh, was one of the other song. songs we did in the band. What a yeah, great, Downfall. what a great song. But I wanted one, you know, for the for the people in the cheap for seats, the people, the people that the people that want albums. And this album that I'm putting up is Corn. Life is peachy. Ooh, is the second one. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I think one. it's going to win probably. Big but that, shooter, big shooter. Not the biggest corn album, though. It's like the no. smooth criminal of corn. <laughs> okay, well, uh, funny enough, I also have a corn album uh, in the poll. So this is going to be a 50% corn poll this month. I had a theme, Brian. I don't usually do a theme for my two, but my theme is two albums by huge bands that no one wants us to review. Uh, so I am nominating Corn's See You on the Other Side. And I am also nominating Disturbed's second album, Believe. <sighs> okay. So we, ha- we haven't covered Disturbed for two years. I figure it's time to get them back in a poll. And uh, and then, yeah, Corn's See You on the Other Side, probably their worst album. Uh, maybe the Skrillex one is worse. I don't know. But uh, it's certainly in the convo. So I thought, you know. People like when we review really bad albums, so I thought, why not put up two albums that no one likes? Well, then so there you ha- maybe next month they'll pick an album that's good. They might pick Life is Peachy. Get I think it? it's going to be close. It's going to be. I mean, Life is close. Peachy. I think generally a win. I do want to again 
kind of campaign for trust company in that i, I want to i would love to listen to trust company I know. too and like i know like lauren and holiday kirk always tell us how great it is and um so i've been saving it like i want to yeah. listen to it because people say how good it is and i love downfall but i just i i don't want to listen to it until it gets until it wins a poll so so there you go trust company two corn albums disturbed those will be up in the poll poll usually goes up about halfway through the month so keep your eyes peeled for that uh, if you again, again, if you want to donate and support the show, patreon.com slash the POD cast. You can follow us on Twitter at POD underscore cast. Thank you for tuning in. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you back here next month. Goodbye.